If you're looking for premium quality vitamins and natural supplements, New Roots Herbal has you covered. Proudly Canadian and family owned for over 35 years, their dedication to quality and testing truly sets them apart. Each ingredient is rigorously tested by their ISO accredited lab from raw materials to final products. So you get exactly what is promised on the label, pure and potent ingredients safe from heavy metals, pesticides, and toxic chemical solvents guaranteed. New Roots Herbal products are available exclusively at health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. U.S. residents can now find New Roots Herbal products on Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. If you came over from Talk Healthy today, thank you so much. And if you have been with me for nine years here in Naturally Savvy, which is now Health Power, or if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, I'm very excited to be doing some shows that are something that have been a passion of mine for a long time. We just did a show on health at every size with Marcy Warhaft last week. And today I'm having a woman on who I met on TikTok. I was immediately drawn into her TikTok account. She is just beautiful and kind and lovely and, and shares these stories of how lousy, crappy, if I try not to swear on the show, but if I could, blah, 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 she is treated in the world as a larger person. And this is in Bethany's own words, quote, my TikTok videos feature stories from my past of growing up fat, experiences at the gym and current issues that I still experience as a fat person. My hope is that others can see themselves in my stories and know they aren't alone while educating those who haven't experienced fat phobia and show them what it's like to be a fat person living in today's society. And she joins us now. Hi, Bethany. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I was so taken with you. One of the things that drives me nuts in the health industry, other than the diet culture, (laughs) is this assumption of who's healthy, who's not healthy. And, you know, you look at somebody who's in a larger size body and people are like, oh, they're not healthy. And then you look at these like, you know, these skinny people and some of them are naturally skinny. But then there's women who are, you know, models who are dipping cotton balls and Gatorade and that's their lunch and dinner and nobody's yelling about them. I'm going to be quiet so you can talk. (laughs) If you can just start and tell us some of your experiences growing up fat. I'm what uh, some people would consider like an old fat in that I've always been fat growing up. Um, and I refer to myself as fat. Um, to me, that's not a negative thing. Um, so, um, you know, by taking those negative connotations out, it's, it's nothing more than a descriptor, as you would say, you know, oh, I'm tall, I have, you know, red hair, I, you know, identify as female. Um, so, you know, I, I've always been fat, I've always been a larger person. Um, and so, um, you know, growing up being a fat person was definitely not fun, especially in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I remember I was nine the first time that I went on a diet. Um, and it wasn't so much that, like, my parents put me on a diet, but it was I decided that I needed to be smaller Um, at the time I was switching schools, um, and the school that I was going to was going to be requiring uniforms, uh, whereas previous school did not. Um, and so with the new uniform, they sent out a catalog where you were supposed to order your uniforms from, 
Um, and unfortunately, they only went up to, I think, like a kid's 18. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't have any adult sizing. And at that time, when I was nine years old, I was already about a size eight, like women's eight, 10. Um, so even if I tried and we did, or we, we did try and order some of the clothing, um, you know, it, it wouldn't fit because I was, I was too large at that point. Um, and so we had to get special permission from the school to get my clothing from, I think we ended up going to like Kohl's or something to get, <laughs> um, but then, you know, being nine years old, having to wear women's clothing, but I'm still built like a nine-year-old, you know, I didn't have hips yet. I, I didn't have, you know, a chest. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, just not, even though I had clothes that would fit around my waist, it still didn't fit properly. And everyone knew going into school, oh, she looks different. Like something's, something's weird with her. Um, And so that's when I started you know, trying to restrict because I wanted to be able to look like the other kids um, at my school. And so I started um, trying to restrict, you know, I would only allow myself to eat half of my lunch. Um, I would, I started skipping breakfasts. Um, You know, I'd always say, oh, I'm not super hungry at dinner. Um, And that really started, you know, over 20 year cycle of trying to make myself smaller um, than I already was. Bethany, I'm curious, what role, if any, did your parents play in this desire to diet? My mom was pretty neutral about it. Um, you know, my dad growing up, my parents ended up divorcing when I was 11. Um, <clears throat> and growing up, um, you know, my dad wasn't really around too much. Um, it, it was it was kind of weird, honestly, because I started seeing him more after they got divorced (laughs) um, than I did before because, you know, with custody and everything. Um, And it was really my dad who uh, kind of forced um, negative body image um, on me. It was, I always say, you know, there were three strikes with my dad first, you know, he wanted a son and I'm a girl. Um, And secondly, you know, if uh, I had to be a girl, I could have at least be, athletic and super into sports and everything. And I was, I've always been very bookish and, you know, much more of an inside kind of girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not, I'm, you know, not really interested in any, anything like that. Um, so that was strike two and strike three was, well, if you have to be girly and feminine, uh, you could at least look the part and at least, mm-hmm. you know, be thin. Um, so those were, you know, three strikes with him. So, you know, growing up, um, you know, there was a lot of verbal and emotional abuse on his end, um, just, you know, and things like, um, you know, oh, you're upset you didn't get a date to winter formal. Well, you know, maybe if you lost weight, someone would give you some attention or, you know, no one's going to want to date you if you look like that or, you know, you feel so bad about yourself, then why don't you do something about it? Um, And so hearing that from him, uh, obviously, very much affected me. Um, Which, you know, now, when I get comments like that from total strangers online, it's like, okay, you know what, like, that doesn't, like, I'm immune to it now, because it's like, my own parent said this stuff to me. So like, a random person who doesn't even know me, I'm like, eh, 
I've had worse, you know. <laughs> um, so sorry, yeah. though. That's horrible. My husband and I were talking yesterday, and I'm like, why do why can't people just leave people alone? Like, yeah. I was so sad when I saw that you're not posting what you eat anymore as a fat person not trying to lose weight. And I totally understood. And I think I sent you something saying, you know, take care of you. I think for a lot of people, um, especially smaller bodied people, um, being able to hold that over a fat person is the one small amount of power that they feel like they have because it's like, well, at least I'm not fat. You know, I, I'm making better choices, even though, you know, and, and I was making, you know, what I eat in a day videos um, to try and destigmatize the idea that, you know, because, you know, I've gotten comments of like, oh, wow, how many Big Macs did you eat today? And, you know, at, which first off, like I'm vegetarian, I wouldn't eat a Big Mac. But secondly, right, I know, <laughs> um, assumptions. You, you know, it's everyone just assumes that all we eat as fat people are junk food, you know, and we lay in bed all day and we're not exercising. And, you know, I don't know what a vegetable is and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is completely not true i mean i i eat very healthy i i love what i want to eat what you're eating it looks amazing (laughs) thank you (laughs) um you know but then you still regardless you know and then i would have people say like uh i don't actually think you eat that and i'm like why would i make why would i make all this food just to throw it away for the sake of like (laughs) you have a pile of big macs in the corner you're just faking and you know potato chips i'm gonna go order a pizza (laughs) after i spent an hour making this meal no, right. that's not what's happening here. Um, but yeah, I did. I did have to take a break from it just because, you know, unfortunately, the algorithm sent it to the wrong side of TikTok, and I was getting just so many comments um, of, you know, could you eat any more carbs? Could you, you know, there's no way this is what you eat. Like, um, you know, okay, well, how many portions of that did you eat? And you know, and I, I always do my best. Um, to be very transparent. And, and, you know, there are a couple of videos where, um, you know, I say like, I had a rough day today, you know, and especially coming from a background where I did yo-yo dieting so much in my life and I restricted myself for so long, not only has that completely screwed up my metabolism um, in the way that my body can process food, um, you know, I developed an eating disorder to the point where, you know, it's, I have to physically remind myself that like, it's okay to eat and I'm allowed to enjoy food and to want food and to crave food. Um, Because for so long I would restrict myself and keep myself from eating something. And, you know, I, I would be craving a chocolate chip cookie and instead of allowing myself to eat a chocolate chip cookie, I would have, you know, some yogurt with fresh berries and nope, still want that chocolate chip cookie. So now I'm going to have, you know, a, another snack to try and squash that craving when really had I just eaten the cookie to begin with, (laughs) you know, I, I would have saved myself the guilt and shame of eating so much. Um, You know, would have saved myself the calories, which I don't care about that now, but you know, at the time. um, And so you know, now I allow myself to eat the foods that my body is craving because there's a reason why your body wants those things. And even if it's just, oh, I'm really stressed out and this would like give me a little bit of dopamine, like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. 
How did you overcome your eating disorder? If you don't mind, and if you, you know, it's up to you if you want to share or not, but what, what was it specifically? Um, so a lot of therapy, <laughs> um, but then also having, uh, having a kid myself and, um, realizing that even as an infant, people were already starting to make comments about, oh, I hope they get your husband's metabolism instead of yours or, um, you know, oh, wow, I'm so glad they have a thigh gap. <laughs> like oh, God, that was so disturbing. When I saw that, I thought, oh, my God, what is wrong with the people? Oh, so ah, seeing so and, and seeing that, you know, they're, they're not even two and a half years old, and they're already getting comments about their body and about like the foods that they're eating of, oh, wow, like they ate a lot at lunch today. It's like, well, they're growing, you know, and realizing that I did not want my kid to grow up hearing the things that I heard growing up. Um, and that if I wanted them to have a positive example, it needed to start with me. Um, and so while, you know, I was doing a lot of therapy in, um, you know, working on overcoming that mentality of, you know, I, of restriction and, and everything, um, that really was kind of the kick in the pants that I needed. Um, and so, you know, really from that point on, I kind of took on this mentality of fake it till you make it, you know, and just have this radical self-love and acceptance. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I didn't believe it in myself at first. You know, I, I, it was, you know, oh yeah, like, I don't care if I'm fat, even though like I really did at first. Um, but eventually, you know, I did start to believe it. And the more that I started researching and learning about how, you know, the health medical system is very fat biased, how media is incredibly fat biased and oh, yeah. everything. Um, just learning that diet culture is such a scam that I have been lied to for so many years. Um, it really helped me heal and really learn to accept and actually start to love myself the way that it is and see myself as a beautiful human just as she is, who doesn't need to change, who doesn't need to drop 20, 40, 60 pounds, whatever, to be viewed as such. I mean, the diet industry itself is 100% for profit. They do not care about your health. Um, depending on, I mean, there are multiple studies out there, um, but it has one of the highest failure rates in any business. Um, depending on, on which study you read, it's anywhere from 95 to like 98% failure rate. I mean, what other business model would still be working from that if, with, with a failure rate of that, but they, they thrive on that, you know, and I, I have so many friends and myself included who, you know, have said, oh, I'm going back on Weight Watchers or I'm, I'm doing keto again. You know, last time I did it, I lost like 20 pounds and it's like, okay, but it's not sustainable. You have to go back on it because you gained it back. Right. Don't they say that usually you end up gaining more weight when you go on these restrictive you do. diets? The best indicator of weight gain is going on a diet. It's It's been proven. Um, if you want someone to gain weight, put them on a diet because it will almost inevitably fail. <laughs> uh, and they will not only gain back whatever small amount of weight that they lost, but more times than not, they will gain back more, which is exactly what happened with me. 
um, over and over and over again. Um, and finally, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I am healthy. I, oh yeah, you know, I I eat healthy, and that's not to say I don't eat junk food. That's not to say you know I don't have less healthy days than others. Um, you know, I do move my body. You know, I'm not out there running marathons, but I do try and move my body um, as much as possible. I'm doing everything I can and my body is still fat. And, you know, you said um, at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, you were always very naturally thin and, you know, people, people will say that a lot like, oh, you know, she's just naturally thin. If there are naturally thin people, why can there not be naturally fat people? Yes. Genetics is a huge part of how a person looks, Um, you know, medical history is a huge thing that plays into it. You cannot judge someone's health just by looking at them. And we just don't look at holistic health. Like I'm really interested in mental health. Mm -hmm. And when people are hating on themselves for being fat, that's super unhealthy. Yeah, that's the unhealthy part. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I've, I've definitely struggled. Um, You know, I have depression and, and anxiety, and I've had them since, um, pretty much since around the time I started dieting, um, you know, around 10, 11 years old was when I was diagnosed. Um, and, you know, granted part of that was parents divorce and everything as well. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the body image issues plays into that, um, you know, and, and being told you're not good enough. You don't look the way you're, you should. Um, I think definitely can cause, major mental health health issues. Um, You know, and then later in life being diagnosed with ADHD. um, I was in my thirties when that, when I was uh, gotten that diagnosis and then finding out that ADHD, a very common indicator is binge eating because um, you know, with ADHD, you tend to um, zone out at times, especially if you're not like actively, participating. So a lot of times if you know you have a bag of chips, you end up accidentally eating the whole bag and you weren't planning on it. You know? <laughs> but if you were watching a show and you don't realize it, um, and so, you know, realizing, oh wow, like there are reasons behind why I have struggled so much with body image and, you know, being a larger bodied human. Um you know, it's, it's both comforting and kind of frustrating of like, why do more people not know about this? Why? Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. I have, I have to be really careful because I have food sensitivities. I'm not going to bore everybody, but for new people, like people are like, oh, is it just gluten? I'm like, you don't even want to know. It's pretty much everything. (laughs) But I had met this woman the other day, like this most glorious person, just a ray of sunshine. And she took me to Cider Hills Farm, which I didn't realize she owned, which was so cool. And she gave me a tour and she put me on this tractor and drove me over the farm. And she's like, I'm going to give you some donuts. Now, wheat, dairy, eggs. I'm I'm going to get a headache. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to feel crappy. Mm -hmm. But I ate them anyway because I was just like, you know what? It's okay. So tomorrow I'll feel crappy, you know. (laughs) So when I left, so she gave me two. Mm -hmm. And then when I left, she's like, here, take this bag to your family. So the bag didn't get... The bag didn't get to my family. Right. I had four more. I have some binge eating issues too. Mm-hmm. If you take me out to Mexican food, I will stuff myself with chips and salsa right. to the point where I feel nauseous. Binging was that one of the things that you 
did? Yes, um, definitely. And, you know, I was diagnosed with a binge eating disorder um, in high school. Um, And a lot of that too, again, went back to mental health, Um, you know, for part of it was, you know, it was a way to comfort myself um, because it, you know, at the time with my parents being split um, and a lot of other things going on and, you know, the way that my dad treated me, um, you know, it was kind of the one thing that I had control over um, in a world that was very, very messy at the time. Um, and so for me, you know, it wasn't so much binging and purging, um, or at least not intentional purging because, you know, a lot of people have asked, you know, Oh, did you, did you develop bulimia? And and I didn't develop bulimia. Um, but there were many, many times that I did end up making myself sick unintentionally just because of the sheer amount of food that I had consumed in a short amount of time. Um, which then again, fuels that shame and the guilt and that feeling of I'm out of control. I'm a terrible person. I'm worthless. My dad is right. You know, all of those things. Um, and a lot of times too, is, you know, when I, when I would visit my dad, um, you know, he was very restrictive with food with me as well. Um, you know, it was, oh, well, I know your mom doesn't feed you the right food, so you're going to eat healthy here. And so I would be regulated to salads, <laughs> you know, the oh, entire God. weekend that I was with him. So by the time I went back to my mom's house, um, you know, I'd be starving because I hadn't really had a proper meal in two, three days. And so then, of course, that would also fuel the binging of just feeling like I needed to eat. Um, and so, you know, thank goodness for therapy. <laughs> um, thank goodness for amazing therapists who, you know, have worked with me over the years, um, you know, to kind of see that trauma for what it was, um, and to kind of help me through that. So, you know, while, um, you know, by no means am I cured, um, of my binge eating, cause I do still struggle with it. Um, but you know, I, I have, um, I think a healthier relationship with food now than, you know, 16 year old me did for sure. Wow. When you mentioned the eating so much that you're not trying to purge, but it just happens. I was, it was just like five or six years ago it was Hanukkah Jewish. I love latkes. Okay. I don't eat a lot of fried things. So I was literally like for five days in a row, I made latkes, which I usually maybe make them one or two nights. Mm-hmm. So we had friends over. I'm in the kitchen. My husband and our and this couple were friends with. They're in the living room, and my daughter and this and their son are playing in a different room. I'm literally like cooking some eating, cooking eating. I ate so much. I literally got sick. I'm not trying to make people people get grossed out. You might want to just lower the volume. I literally threw up in the sink. Yeah. Like it was so disgusting. And I was like, oh my god, like. I think I just ate 20 latkes. Like you can't do that. Not, right. <laughs> as much as I would love to. You can't. As much as I would love to. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I've never shared that. I've always kind of been ashamed of it. Like mm-hmm. learning those hunger cues and, and, you know, following, um, you know, intuitive eating is a very big buzzword um, right now. Um, but, you know, it, it has definitely helped me, you know, learning, those hunger cues and part of it, um, you know, having ADHD as well is you don't always notice hunger cues. Um, you know, there'll be times where, you know, if it's a busy morning and all of a sudden I'll look up and it's two o'clock and I haven't eaten anything all day, even though, 
you know, I've made my kid breakfast and lunch, but it didn't occur to me to stop and make food for myself. So, you know, it's 2 p.m. I'm starving. My stomach is, you know, I'm nauseated. I'm lightheaded because I haven't had anything to eat all day. Um, and, you know, it's very easy to fall into that trap of like, well, I'm starving. So, you know, I'm just going to eat a ton, but, you know, pausing and taking that time to listen to your body and, and make sure that you're feeding it foods that, you know, I always say like, make your tummy happy, <laughs> you know, feed your, feed your tummy foods that will make it happy. Because if you don't, um, you're just going to end up eating it anyway. And right. That's true. It, there's going to be a lot more to it than just what it was that you wanted in the first place. You know, I want to ask you about intuitive eating. Uh, well, I should know, like, I'm by, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not sure, you know, nutritionist, anything like that. So um, just in terms of what I have learned through my own journey with this, um, it basically is learning, um, learning hunger cues and learning what your body needs um, and giving it the food that uh, I guess it both needs and wants acknowledging that you are allowed to have cravings, um, honoring those cravings, honoring those cues to your body, um, you know, and there are some people who use it as, you know, a diet of, Oh, as soon as, you know, as soon as you start feeling full, like stop eating, you know, and, um, or, um, you know, I, I've seen a few videos of people saying like, oh, it's a great way to lose weight, which is the complete opposite of what intuitive eating is supposed to be. It is not supposed to be a weight loss tool. Um, it is not supposed to be a diet um, in the a diet in the term of like weight loss sense. Um, it's supposed to be um, a way for you to connect with your body through food and to heal your body from the trauma of restrictive eating um, through dieting, through weight loss schemes and things like that. Okay. All right. And it's been good for you overall? For me, yes. Um, and again, I can't speak for everyone. Um, that's definitely something that, um, you know, I would suggest bringing up with, you know, a dietitian, with your therapist, with, um, you know, if you have, um, health at every size doctor, um, you know, that's obviously something that I would recommend bringing up with them. Um, because I, I personally don't have, uh, credentials to be saying, oh yes, you should definitely be doing this. <laughs> Our medical system is so full of fat phobia. I have heard so many stories. Bethany, if you'd like to touch on this for us. Fat bias is so prevalent in the medical field. So many fat people are misdiagnosed or symptoms are overlooked because doctors just see someone's weight um, and they go by BMI, which is a completely antiquated BMI was not even created by a doctor. Uh, it was created by an anthropologist who was interested in eugenics. <laughs> um, and he did it as a means to find like the average weight for, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember like the exact thing that he was studying, but it has nothing to do. There's, there's no medical background to it. Not to mention it doesn't take into account, like what is your muscle to fat ratio? It doesn't take into account any other health issues, doesn't really do age. 
at all either. Um, I saw <laughs> I saw a TikTok video uh, not too long ago of uh, there was a guy he was a a lower uh, a leg amputee he he had lost one of his legs and uh, apparently his doctor's office was like the system that was working with it was like going through people's files just to check and make sure everything was fine. And it flagged his file because it showed that he was severely underweight. And so one of the nurses from the doctor's office, like went to go make a house call um, to check and see like, why is this guy so severely under underweight here? Uh, And, you know, he opens the door and he's, he only has, has one leg. And the nurse is like, Oh, that, that makes sense. You know, and, and he made a joke of like, yeah, let me give you a leg up here on what's going on, you know, <laughs> which, which is funny. But then, I mean, he went on to say, like, according to his BMI, he's severely underweight, but the BMI has no idea that, you know, he happened to have, have lost his leg. And that's, I mean, it's the same the other way as well, just because, you know, based on, based on BMI, I am considered morbidly obese, which I the term obese um, in the fat community is um, by a lot of people is considered a slur. And for those who don't know, it comes from, I want to say the Greek, Greek or Latin. And it literally means to eat oneself fat, which, (laughs) and it's a medical term. People use it in the medical field. So (laughs) it's just, that's terrible and and it shouldn't be used. Um, But based on BMI, I am considered morbidly obese, even though, I eat healthy. I exercise. I don't have any health problems. I'm not diabetic. I don't have any heart conditions. My thyroid is great. My blood glucose levels are great. Um, you know, every time I go to the doctor, they're shocked that I'm healthy. I just happen to be fat. You know, surely there has to be something wrong. Every time I go, regardless of what I'm there for, they want to do blood work. They want to run tests and see. Oh, God, I can't stand that. I want to jump into what I mentioned when I brought you in about your experience in the gym. I do think that movement is so important. And notice I use the word movement. You know, I'd be lying if I'm like, I think it's fine to just eat highly processed food all day and sit around because I don't. But I don't care what size you are. I don't want anybody to sit around all day and eat highly processed food. I want people to eat more whole foods, move their body, work on their mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, so... That's the big thing. It's it's about movement. And one of the things I love about TikTok, I mean, and I've reached out to several people who hopefully be, hopefully will be coming on, are people who are in larger bodies who are yoga instructors and who teach dance and who are, you know, doing all these really cool things and are, are encouraging other people in larger bodies to move. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, growing up, my dad wanted me to be very sporty um, and he was um, an athletic trainer by oh, a wow. chiropractor athletic trainer. So that was even just more salt in the wound that like he couldn't show me off to his clients and, and everything. Um, and so, you know, that doesn't mean that I didn't try to do sports. Um, you know, I was very much pushed into <laughs> lots of different ones, but I just, I, it wasn't my thing. I wasn't, you know, very good at it, but growing up, I very much had the mentality of like, you have to be good at it to be able to enjoy it. Um, And so that really set up, you know, initially a very negative view on movement and exercise, um, because it was a punishment, you know, and then when I got into 
diet culture, you know, it was um, exercise was essentially a way to get more calories or more points, you know, because if you if you exercise and you burn off those calories, so then you can have more. Um, so even then, it still was not viewed as a positive thing. Um, and so it wasn't really until um, just a few years ago that I was really able to look at it as, you know, a joyful movement and a celebration of what your body can do, as opposed to punishing it for what it can't. Um, and that's really changed a lot for me because, you know, I thought like, you know, before, oh, you have to work out at least 30 minutes and you, you know, straight and it has to be high intensity. And if, you know, if, if you're not sweating by the end, then it doesn't count. And, you know, if, if you can still talk at the end of your workout, then you didn't work hard enough. And, and that's so, that's such toxic gym culture. Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a super high intensity workout every time, not to mention, um, it's very ableist to say, oh, you have to go to the gym, you have to be, you know, doing XYZ um, in order to have a good workout, because not everyone is able to for whatever reason. Um, And especially people in larger bodies may not have the mobility to be able to do that. Um, And that doesn't mean that their workout is any less than someone else who could. Um, so yeah, growing up, um, it really was in college, I would say that, um, I really started working out on a regular basis, um, you know, having access to the university's gym there, having friends that I was able to go to classes with, um, you know, just living on a large campus, having to walk everywhere, um, allowed me to get in that extra movement, Um, and obviously, you know, once I got out of college and moved back home, there was an adjustment period and, and everything. Um, but you know, that's kind of where the, where I first started learning about the different types of working out and, you know, you don't just have to run, you know, cause I, I feel like growing up, it was always, you know, you weren't an athlete unless you liked running. (laughs) I always hated running. I hate running. Always. I'm not a runner, you know, I, but I loved doing Zumba. I loved doing dance classes. I love swimming. I loved, um, I mean, even now swimming is my exercise of choice. If I could, um, you know, I love water aerobics. I'll get in there with, with all the grannies and, you know, I don't care. I used to teach it. Oh, I love teaching it. It's so much fun. Um, and so, you know, just, basically from ages six, 15, 16 up to now um, has been my gym journey. Um, I've been to just about every gym franchise that you can think of. <laughs> I've been to multiple park districts. I've, you know, um, and, you know, it always starts out really great. And eventually I leave for one reason or another. And it's not because I give up. And it's not because I don't care. Um, it just, it's reminded time and time again that fat people are not welcome <laughs> in those spaces, that they're not safe spaces. I want you to share some of those stories because this is what brought me to your page. But I wasn't surprised. I was heartbroken. Right. 
disappointed. But I was but not surprised, disappointed, but not, but, but pissed off. So yeah. tell us, tell us some of the, I want people to follow you. So okay. tell a few. <laughs> Uh, well, the first one I haven't even made a video of, um, but really the first experience that I had being bullied um, was in middle school. I, I swam competitively because, like I said, I love to swim. And so um, it was something that I wanted to do, not full time, but, you know, more than just in the summers. Um, and so um, I joined, you know, a, a league. Um, we would do competitions and things like that. And, you know, I was by no means the fastest swimmer. I was not the strongest swimmer at all. Um, but really my first bullies were the girls on the swim team. Um, and the worst part was that the head bully was the daughter of the coach. Um, so there was no one that I could go to, to tell because it, it was their daughter. They didn't care. Um, you know, but these girls were constantly, you know, pointing out that, you know, they wore size zero jeans and, you know, what size are you wearing? And, oh my God, I didn't even know they made jeans that big, you know, or oh, getting changed in the dressing Terrible. or in the locker room. You know, I would have to go into a bathroom stall because of the comments that they would make. They would steal my clothes um, and hide them. So I'd have to run around to try and find them. That is horrible. The final straw was um, they stole my towel and my goggles and they threw them in the deep end of the pool. Um, so my towel got soaked, so I had no way of getting dry. And goggles, um, when you have good goggles, like you do when you swim competitively, um, they sink. And so they sank down 15 feet to the bottom of the pool. Um, and so I had to dive down and try and get, get it. Um, but I, being a fatter person, I am very buoyant. So it's not easy for me to dive down. You know, I can dive down five, six feet, no problem. But when you're that far down, it's not easy <laughs> to stay down. Um, and so they stood on the side of the pool and laughed as I was trying to dive down. And, you know, they're calling me a buoy and a whale. And, and finally I told my mom that I didn't want to do it anymore. I, you know, and they ruined swimming for a very long time for me. Can I have their names? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to their house and I'm going to beat them up and then I'm going to go to jail. But I'd be justified. Seriously, mm -hmm. that is just heart-wrenching. I am yeah. so sorry you went through that. So, yeah, I mean, that was really my first experience of being bullied at the gym. Um, but then, you know, it's just continued. I mean, I, um, I had someone, uh, one of the videos I made, there was... Um, the manager of the gym came over and said uh, that I was breaking dress code rules because I was wearing um, like cropped, like capri length leggings, a sports bra and a tank top. Um, but you could see my sports bra, like from the back of the tank top. Uh, and he said it was inappropriate and I needed to change. Um, meanwhile, there were other women at the gym who were working out in just a sports bra all over the place. He didn't say anything to them um, because they were straight size. Um, I was the one who was violating. Um, there was um, another time um, I had gone to planet. I was working out at planet fitness for a while, which um, for those who aren't familiar once a month, they do pizza nights there uh, where they do free pizza um, just to try and break the stigma of what a gym should be. Um, which I love. I love that idea. Um, and, you know, 
they say as you walk in, like, feel free to grab a slice, slice or two on your way out. Like, you know, it's over there for anyone. Um, hadn't even like gotten done scanning to go work out and Jim bro is like, Oh, of course she's here on pizza day. Never seen this guy before. I mean, I had no idea. And you know, I just, I just looked at him and I'm like, dude, you're here on pizza day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and of course he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get any pizza. You know, and it's just like, well, what makes you think I'm going to, you know? Oh, because I'm fat. Of course. Of course I'm only here for the pizza, not to work out and move my body. Um, I have to ask you, you said straight size, just for people who don't know that term. So straight size um, refers to essentially non-plus size clothing. So pretty much anything from double zero up to about 14, 16. Um, You know, there's, there's kind of a gray area of when does plus size clothing start for some companies, they start at some companies they started at a 12. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm considered plus size for some places. Right, for some companies. Which is like, where do people get their, this is ridiculous. Right. And not not ridiculous that I'm plus size, right. but the ridiculous that these there's so many people who are larger than me who I need agree. clothes, you jackasses. <laughs> I agree. Um, and which, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can talk for hours about the fashion industry and plus size clothing. Um, but typically plus size it's generally agreed that plus size starts at like a 16, 18. Um, so anything less than that would be considered straight size. Oh, okay. Um, generally, again, there's always nuances to everything. But um, <clears throat> so, yes, when I'm referring to straight size, I'm, I'm referring to uh, smaller size, non-plus size people. So, yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there's, there's so many. <laughs> um, you know, you, I've, I've gotten so many comments of, you know, going to, I'll be in the gym about to go swimming, you know, because again, I, I love it. And, you know, I've had women say, oh my gosh, like I, you are so brave. Like I would never be out in public wearing a swimsuit, but good for you. Why do you think this is okay? That's what's so mind blowing. Like, because I mean, if, if I was a size six, no one would be saying like, oh, you're so brave. Right. They would just be like, oh yeah, she's going to work out. But because I'm a size 20, I am brave for daring to step out in public in a bathing suit. <laughs> Shouldn't you be hiding in your house? <laughs> like, how dare you? Exactly. Um, which is really just the, the irony, you know, they, they want us to get smaller and, you know, lose weight. And, and, you know, I constantly get comments saying, Oh, like go to the gym. And then I do go to the gym and then I'm chastised for being there. So um, you can't win. Yeah. I've been told I've been uh, an inspiration seeing me work out. And, you know, if, if you can make it through this class, then I certainly can. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not your inspiration. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to make me feel good. Um, you know, and over, over the years, you know, I've gotten braver and I've gotten bolder in my uh, retorts two people you know now if someone says something i will 100 percent call them out but you know when i was a shy 19 year old who's being told that they're inappropriate and need to leave the gym or buy a shirt from the gym gift shop uh which by the way only went up to a size extra large so that was not going to happen <laughs> um i mean it was humiliating you know it was it, i i felt like 
you know, I was the 13 year old girl all over again, who's being told by family members that they're not good enough and they're more than enough and need to be less. So, um, you know, there's obviously been a lot of working through and healing on that end um, because now I have no problem (laughs) telling people, (laughs) uh, you know, that they are completely out of line. Um, But it's, it's been a journey (laughs) for sure. It sounds like it. And the heartlessness of people blows my mind. Like you did one video where you like you, I think you had tears in your eyes and you were like, please stop saying mean like and I I just like yeah how can somebody watch that yeah and still be mean yeah I mean my yeah the comments that I get um and part of it is you know people are much braver when they're hiding behind a keyboard um but for a lot of fat people the hatred doesn't stop at a keyboard like we experience it in real life um And again, it's being fat is kind of one of the last accepted forms of, of hatred. You're not better because you're a size two than if you're a size 12, than if you were a size, you know, 28. Um, But it, it gives people power. They feel like they have power. Um, And especially and the really, really sad thing is the amount of internalized fat phobia that I get from fellow fat people um, and the comments that I receive from other people who are fat or who used to be fat and who, you know, have lost weight or are in the process of losing weight. Um, I would say it's about 50-50 between internet trolls who just, you know, are sad little people. Um and fat people who have their own internalized fat phobia of what do they say? Would you say the people who are fat themselves and with my, you know, reasons why I, a fat person never want to go to a gym again, videos. Um, a lot of them is, well, I'm fat too. And that's never happened to me, you know, or, I, you know, I'm fat too. And I just started working out at home. So maybe you should do that and stop complaining, you know, or, um, you know, just things like that or you know well I used to be fat and I put the work in and I you know lost over 60 pounds so you have zero excuse um but nobody asked them no I'm not asking for anyone's opinions people need hobbies (laughs) right I am not your hobby I am not a hobby (laughs) I'm glad I mean like I'm glad people watch my videos and you know, and, and I should say for every, every troll that I get, I have so many supportive comments. Um, you know, I started a series of videos where I tried um, like, quote unquote, like off limits foods, um, which were basically foods that when I was wrapped up in diet culture, I wouldn't allow myself to eat. Um, so things like lemonade, because you don't drink your calories, you know, or um, a Danish because it's empty calories um, or a milkshake again, obvious reasons. (laughs) Um, And one of them I did was a banana because bananas are in a lot of diet culture is seen as an off limit food because, you know, it's high in calories, it's high in carbs and sugar and, you know, never completely negating the fact that like 
It's complex carbs. It's, you know, natural sugars. It's not that much potassium like crazy. It's it's not that high in calories. Like it's it's a good food. I got a video or I got a comment on that video um, of um, from a woman who said um, that, you know, she and in, in that video, I had said, like, you know, quite a few people had commented in previous videos that bananas were a difficult food for them to eat. So I wanted to eat it to kind of like show solidarity and also again, kind of break down that barrier of like, it's okay to eat this. Um, And she commented on that video and said, you know, I was one of those people who commented that it's hard. Um, And because of your videos and because of this video specifically, she said, I've been bringing a banana with me for lunch uh, along with lunch every day this week. And I'm so thankful for, you know, the healing that you've helped me do. And it's like, you know what? Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, I tear up even just thinking about it now because it's like, you know what? Like, I can have a hundred trolls just be stupid because, again, I've, I've grown up with comments like that my entire life. You know, do they still get to me? Yeah, but like, not as much. You know, but for, for those other comments of like you have helped me, you know, I feel like I'm not alone. I, you know, I've experienced hatred at the gym too. I've been bullied too. Um, just knowing that other people don't feel so alone in this journey, it means the world. And that is why I will keep making these videos regardless of what the trolls and bullies want to try and stop me. Because they don't matter. But take care of yourself too. Like it was really smart when you were like, you know what? I need to take a break. Right. Because you have to take care of yourself. You deserve it. But you're amazing. (laughs) I wish we were neighbors. I know. You know, it's so funny. I I have to say. So um, on another podcast I used to do, um, if you go to the ratings or, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way, but they're all positive. But one guy's like, I, she has great guests, but I can't stand her. She's always telling people she wished they lived next door. I'm like, I can't right? help it. I have really great people on the show and I flip and wish they lived next door, but I really do wish you. Lived I agree. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'd have this great community of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're opening our pool oh, soon jealous. and uh, you can find a way right? up here. You are invited. And I need the names of those girls. Yes. I joking. will send them to you. I just, Oh, Bullies are the worst. Well, you're amazing. So, Bethany, was there anything you'd like to add? And uh, I want people to, other than obviously your social media, but anything other than that? Not that I can think. I mean, yeah, definitely check me out. Um, Feel free to follow. I do um, a lot of videos on, you know, fat positivity, fat acceptance, um, ADHD, and, you know, especially late diagnosis. Oh, I love your ADHD, Um, too. And, I mean, just fun, silly video it's tiktok so like there's always going to be some fun silly videos you gotta put fun <laughs> silly stuff up i can't stop doing the list of dance like i'm driving my i am daughter not coordinated crazy. enough i have not attempted it yet because i'm like it's not gonna do it's not gonna go well <laughs> I'm, oh i'm doing it totally wrong yeah. but i'm having so much fun i i just i'm constantly if people don't know what i'm talking about go on yeah. tiktok and it's so funny because I resisted TikTok. I had two friends tell me a year ago to go mm-hmm. on TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of social media. I need a break. And now I, it's just the, it's like the best thing ever. But t- this morning, my husband's like, uh, there's a person here who'd love to talk with you. If you could put your phone down. <laughs> I'm like, I just want TikTok a little longer. He goes, Han, come on. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, 
like he sees me reaching honey we're in the middle of a conference i know but i'm right? just curious if someone got, back. got a notification yeah it's very yeah. addictive it could be yes for sure i made a video uh not too long ago um using elise meyer's soundbite um basically is you know a fat creator anytime they get a notification that there's that they have a new comment you know and, and the soundbite is like this is either going to be amazing or it's going to be awful but either way it will be <laughs> and that's that's how i feel every time i open uh every time i open tiktok app i'm like i'm either going to be pleasantly surprised or be like yep this is a dumpster fire <laughs> Now, are you just on TikTok or can we find you on other platforms? And give us give us yes. your name and I'll put okay. it in the show notes. <laughs> um, so currently I'm just on TikTok. Um, but my name on there is at B-L Netzer. So B-L-N-E-T-Z-E-R. Um, and so you can find me on there. Um, you know, I would, I mean, yeah, I'd love to expand out to, other places but um you know i when i started when i started tiktok i had no plans on becoming like a fat creator um and like by no means i mean like i have a small following but like by no means am i like a big star on here <laughs> um but you're amazing you know i never expected it to take off um i never expected to get even a quarter of the following that i currently have um so <laughs> Um, you know, but I'm, I'm very blessed and I, I've found such a great community on TikTok. I've, I've made amazing friends from TikTok, um, you know, both you, Lisa and, and other creators, um, you know, I'm, I'm now part of a fat positive book club that started because we all met on TikTok and we meet, you know, um, every two weeks and, you know, we're reading books about fat acceptance and fat liberation and discussing it and, everything and um so yeah i mean as uh as awful as people can be sometimes on this app i have found so many amazing people um and i've just gained this amazing community that's helped you know in my own healing and my own journey um and just knowing that i can i'm so glad um, help others as well just means so much Oh, good. I'm hoping you have straight-sized people, too, that are supportive. There, yes. Or do you find that it's mostly mid-size? And um, I would say predominantly my audience is also plus-size. Um, but, I, I mean, I do definitely have, um, you know, some straight and some mid-size followers. Um, you know, and majority of my followers are, uh, you know, are uh, female or, or femme-presenting. But, um, you know, I am starting to get more male followers, which... Um, you know, I'm glad about it. I'm glad I'm getting out to more people and more people are wanting oh, yeah. to go on this journey with me. That is wonderful. Bethany, you are such a gem. I am so excited that you Thank came you. on. This has been great. People want to learn more about health power. Please rate, review, and subscribe and follow me on TikTok. I'm a, I'm a riot. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not that great, but it's still fun. She's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for kind. <laughs> At Lisa Davis, MPH. Well, I'm not afraid to be a goof. Um, if my daughter goes, mom, your content is so ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I know that's the point. Um, if you want to see me in my fruit bra, that's a lot of fun and, uh, lots of good stuff. So keep uh, listening and tell your friends and family. Thanks. 
Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.